folk design podcast series for a while now, but then the world turned upside down with a pandemic which shall not be named. Hint, it rhymes with schmaronavirus. We thought to ourselves, selves, couldn't we all use a little distraction right now, sooner rather than later? So we decided to condense and fast track our podcast for you into pre-season minisodes. We're leaning into quarantine lifestyle and binge watching and binge reading some of our favorite design shows, documentaries, books, and articles, and then we're gossiping about them right here. Don't worry, our bigger podcast is still in the works, but in the meantime, consider this a taste of things to come. Think of it as a podcast amuse-bouche. Exactly. I'm Maeve Parker, and I'm joined by Charlene Williams. We are designers, work wives, and business besties. And this is Design Gossip, a podcast for the creatively curious. Today, we are continuing our conversation about Ingrid Fedeli's book, Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness. So go ahead, pop in your earbuds and get ready to add a little joy to your life. Yay, let's get started. Hi, Charlene. I'm just kidding. I can't contain my joy this week in talking about this book and Whisper or talking to you. I always get excited. <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, does ASMR bring you joy? <laughs> I have a another outfit surprise for you today. I wore my, you can't see them, my wedding shoes. You got sparkly shoes. Oh, I love it. They're gold glitter sparkly heels that I'm wearing in my studio. Could not walk up the stairs with them, had to carry them and put them on at my desk, but that's okay. I still feel extra special. They're bringing you a little sparkly joy. Great. So today, as a little refresher, if you've already heard part one of the Book of Joyful, we're talking about Ingrid Fedeli's book, Joyful. And to clarify, she defines joy as a feeling of wanting to jump up and down. And it's sort of this bursting feeling in the moment versus happiness, which is how good we feel over time. She describes herself as kind of the Nancy Drew of joy, (laughs) which I love that analogy. And she goes into uh, sort of 10 different categories that she thinks of joy and shares anecdotes about each category and different environments or things that embody these attributes. Yeah. And so in our last episode, we discussed the book more as an overview. And today we're going to dive into a couple of the categories in a little bit more detail. So just to recap, the 10 categories are energy, abundance, freedom, harmony, play, surprise, transcendence, magic, celebration, and renewal. So I'm so curious, Charlene, what was one of the categories that spoke to you? I think my favorite, at least the way that Ingrid has defined it, my favorite is play. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say magic. Ooh, you know, yeah, you're right. Me being the more woo-woo of the two of us. Yeah, it's too hard to choose. I feel like a lot of these overlap a bit too, but I think some of the examples that she used are the ones that I just love the most. When she talks about play, she talks about, you know, all the round objects that are toys like hula hoops and kiddie pools. She touches on the Museum of Color. 
she talks about watching kittens play. And one of my favorites is Christopher Walken mm-hmm. on that SNL sketch where he's afraid of plants. So they put googly eyes on him mm-hmm. <laughs> to make him more friendly. Like all of that just spoke to my heart. I love it. With the round objects, that really spoke to me too. I love the example she cited of even animals playing with round objects, specifically dolphins playing with blown up blowfish. That is just such a delightful image. Yeah, yeah. So how about for you? My top one was surprise. And she sums up surprise as something that resets our senses when we're surprised. It kind of takes us out of our head and brings us in the moment and connects us to the world and makes us more open to things that will make us delighted and joyful and happy. And when I was looking back, thinking about the things that just came top of mind, experiences that felt so joyful to me, I think surprise was an element in so many of them. I remember one day in college, I was going to leave for school and I looked and someone had left a message in a bottle in my bike basket, just randomly. And it was a poem. It just um, made my week. And I still remember that. Things like that, I feel like have such a lasting impression. You feel so lucky. You feel so special when you're surprised by something that delights you like that. That is amazing. You're reminding me of something that's happening around my neighborhood. Those little blue flowers that pop up the earliest, someone went around and did these little illustrations and put little signs to protect people from walking on them. And they named them and wrote little stories about them in the first person, laminated them, put them on sticks. Well, that's adorable. Just randomly around the neighborhood. Yeah, I can't tell. I mean, it kind of seems like it maybe it's a younger person's drawing. But yeah, I, they're just absolutely delightful. That is so sweet. Another example she talks about is yarn bombing, which listeners are probably familiar with that, but that's when overnight knitters will come and wrap something mundane in bright, cheerful yarn. Uh, So it's like kind of like a yarn bandit overnight, and they'll often do it on things like parking meters or fences, trees. And I love the quote from a craftivist yarn bomber that she quotes in the book, she says, leaving your creations is like gifting them to the public. So when you see something like that, it does feel like you got a gift that day. And I just love the bubbly feeling you get. And she also describes it as like, when you're surprised by something joyful, it's like life gives you an Easter egg. And what is more delightful than finding an Easter egg? And just one more example that I was thinking, there is a floral designer in New York that you and I have talked about before. And he does these flower bombs overnight he'll come and do a huge beautiful flower arrangement coming out of like a trash can or on a a signpost or something he'll just wrap these urban landscapes in just overflowing beautiful flowers and color and texture and I think I would faint if I saw one of those they're just so beautiful and they're fleeting because they're they're temporary it's something you just have to be lucky to be there at the right time and see it and that florist his name is lewis miller so we will link to his instagram in the show notes i think too with those flower arrangements it's the scale of them too they're huge versus i was saying these tiny little flowers that somebody is highlighting with signs but those are just so huge and gorgeous You might be turning me to liking surprise (laughs) as you're talking about all these. She mentioned um, something that like years ago, I think I saw on Instagram was Jan Borman and the filling 
filling cracks in buildings with Legos, like perfectly filling those or, or, oh my God, when I saw that, that blew my mind. And I just hope in my life, I'll be able to see one of those. You know, around here, we have somebody that does those little elf doors yes. in trees and people leave little trinkets and notes and stuff. So I feel like that's our, our local version of that. Yeah, I love that. I was very lucky to travel to Sicily a few years ago. And in one of the towns, I remember I took some pictures there was these utility boxes on these buildings and the buildings are all beautiful like pastel kind of sun faded bright colors and i took a picture of a of a utility box that someone had painted this like ornate pattern um like tile work on this utility box and i just love thinking about something that normally would be kind of gray and utilitarian and not very joyful at all (laughs) here it would just be splashed in pattern and uh, i would love to see that here. I guess I could do it on my own utility box, add that to my list of projects. (laughs) You know, as you say, like something that could be bland with a splash of color, I think my favorite thing about print and pattern or one of my favorite ways to use it is as an interior lining because I think you get that surprise factor, whether it's inside a coat or a bag or something like that. It it totally creates that little moment. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel so special. You're like, oh, this is for me, this is just for me. I love it. So you mentioned Sicily, and a lot of stuff that came up for me on all of these topics was travel in general. I find that, like, for me, travel is so joyful that um, having gone to Iceland just a couple years ago, one of my regrets was, and Ingrid mentions in the book in Iceland, 58% of Icelandic people believe in elves. And there's a lot of magic that that goes on there. And I mean, truly, the landscape makes you think there has to be magic involved with how gorgeous it is. But there literally is like an elf school. And that is something we didn't get to go to. That is just so enchanting. I love it. A close second favorite for me was abundance. I think back to my art school days and I remember learning about gestalt theory and this this trick of taking a bunch of little things, like let's say you t- take a, a bunch of little caterpillars to make an image that looks like when you step back a big butterfly or something like that, that blew my mind and is one of my favorite tricks to take a bunch of little things to make a big thing. Abundance also totally appeals to the part of me that loves school supplies. Like when they get it, the store set up for back to school, And you see every marker, every post-it note, every notebook available in the store. Ooh, that is my happy place. (laughs) That is very pleasing. I had a little abundance moment of joy this week. I reached into my pocket and I found a chapstick. And then I reached into my other pocket and found a second chapstick. And I just felt, I felt like the richest girl in the world when I had a chapstick in each hand. It's the little things. I just ordered uh, some new stamps, and have you seen them with a a bunch of little hearts that make a big heart? Oh, cute. No, I haven't seen those. Is like, yeah, I'm really loving those stamps right now. Good for you. We have to save the post office. (laughs) Right? She also said, I mean, confetti. Who doesn't love confetti? I feel like that's the easiest thing. Confetti and sprinkles. I'm here for it. I'll work it into anything. And one of my fashion icon idols iris apfel who her big old glasses 
her all of her mixed print and pattern and color just love her and i hope i can keep that kind of flair into my later years i'm not worried about that for you charlene (laughs) (laughs) well thanks (laughs) what's another favorite of yours my second favorite was celebration i just i love the idea of togetherness being special and the anticipation of togetherness and celebrating that is just as joyful i think as the actual event and i love she had a mark twain quote that i feel like i want to almost get it tattooed on me somewhere it says to get the full value of joy you must have someone to divide it with which is it makes so much sense and she talks about the more the more joy you give the more you share your your joy the more you get back and that just seems like a good life philosophy joy can give you better karma if you share it and just the aesthetics of celebration i think are things that I get really excited about too. Like you were just saying confetti and sparkles, those sorts of things. She talks about the inflatable tube man. I love weddings. I love the 4th of July. I love fireworks, all that stuff. That's just my happy place. Also with tube man, I had a mini idea. So we talked about the snakes, my snake problem last week. I thought about you can get mini tube mans. I was like, what if I got a bunch of mini tube mans and put them in my yard where the snakes like to hang out? That might be a good solution. That might scare them away. Also might scare away the birds, but yeah, we're going to workshop it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Celebration and I'm thankful that I actually originally had read this book a while ago and then revisiting it. It was perfect timing because I just got a project for coloring book pages or coloring pages for celebration at the end of school. So class of graduations or last day of school kind of thing. So because of this book, I approached the project a little differently. I took a list of all 10 of these joyful aspects and I just wrote a shape or an image that came to mind for each of them. And then I just assembled those things and made a composition out of them to make my coloring page. Oh, cool. Which it did come out with a little bit of a different look than maybe I would have if I just went straight pencil to paper and just sketched on my own. And I I think the outcome was really was really good. So I think it brought a little bit more joy to it and the feeling of celebration for sure. It also sounds like you just gave your process a teeny little reset, which is always helpful in design. Yeah. Well, I definitely feel like that was a great approach this year because we probably need to add a little bit more joy into celebrating school slash the end of school right now. Because honestly, it's sort of the opposite. If school was open again, that would be a cause for joy. And I think I love that because if you read the celebration chapter just at its face being written at a time in the before times, before quarantine, it can be really bittersweet because it's all about gatherings and being together and that's the opposite of what we we can do right now so it's almost sad to read about celebrating when we can't do it but when you find new ways to celebrate and surprising ways to celebrate I think that really helps us get through this quarantine yeah true one of the one of the categories that I struggled with initially and then she turned the ship around was harmony And she lost me at talking about collectors and collections. I've never been a collector of stuff. Maybe I don't like anything long enough to become real collector. And then also she talks about symmetry. And 
I kind of feel like, oh, how do I say this? Symmetry is like the basic bitch of design elements. <laughs> oh. And and asymmetry is like the elevated, more interesting. There is balance in asymmetry if you do it right. Like, I feel like that's the more interesting way to accomplish balance in a design. So she kind of lost me on the beginning of this one. So I just dropped a bomb. What do you think? <laughs> My gut is, I think I'm disagreeing with you a little bit here, Charlene. I I love symmetry, but I'm, I might just be reacting in that. I'm not sure that I'm knowing that symmetry is joyful to me. It might be, it's more calming, I guess. And it makes me happy, but I don't know if that brings me joy or if it just brings me peace. Hmm. Yeah. Is what I'm reacting to. And with patterns, I don't know. I like I like a symmetrical pattern, especially if there's a surprise in the symmetry, if maybe there's one element that's a little off on one side. Okay, so you're getting into the part of where she's talking about harmony that then I got back on board. And she was talking about patterns, specifically like tartan plaids, mandalas, and talking about how flaws can be beautiful, which I totally agree with and love things that looked hand-touched. And she talked more about ecots, about how this sort of unexpected weaving makes this beautiful, soft image. So that's where I got back on on board with the idea of harmony. I love her analogy with cooking. I've always admired, although I love to cook, I'm like a recipe follower. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still growing my skills, I think, so I need to follow some recipes to know how to cook things. But I love people that can just you know, roll with it, whatever they have in their kitchen, make something good, not follow recipes. And just like, I, I'm so inspired by that, but I don't yet have that quality in my own cooking. You probably have it more than you let yourself uh, b- believe you do. I got breakfast down. I can, okay. I can, okay. I can improvise a good breakfast, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Was there one that you, that you sort of struggled with? You know, not really. Maybe a little bit. We had touched on it last week, some of the categories. I was a little distracted trying to figure out why these examples fit into a certain category. And then that was taking me out of the book. But overall, that was really minor. Another one that maybe I identified with the least was the transcendence one. I think that's one of those things that's really... It's so ethereal. It's hard, harder for me to think of visuals. I think of feelings. Like I know what transcendence feels like, but to express that in a visual format was a little bit harder for me to wrap my head around. Not to mention, as a as a woman with a great fear of flying, <laughs> she mentions a lot of stuff in the air. Now, I did do a hot air balloon ride, and that didn't scare me. It, I thought it would. I was terrified leading up to it. But, you know, that one I got, like, awe-inspiring. It was unlike anything else. You feel kind of weightless. It's quiet. So that, that analogy, that one got me. But that was maybe the hardest for me to connect with. Yeah, a lot of the things in this book, the first reaction I have, again, is happiness and calmness and peacefulness, but not necessarily joy. And I think that's a lot of what transcendence was. Yeah, good point. Right now, again, these times of being stay at home, 
when she touched on freedom, that has never been more precious <laughs> than now these little moments of feeling like you have freedom. And she talks a lot about nature when it comes to that. I think that's something we're all kind of taking comfort in and seeking right now. I like that she talked about the African savanna and how we find that as as a species, humans, really calming and safe because you're close to the ground, but you can see a long distance where you can see your food, you can see your predators, and there's sort of a safety involved with that. And I was thinking, if you had to make me choose whether I want to live by the ocean or by the mountains, I couldn't choose. Like, I love them both because both of them, it's total safety. You get to see as far, <laughs> like super far away. It just has, a, it, it's the feeling of safety and freedom are interchangeable, I guess, for me. I started a little text chain with a couple of my friends that I know also love to travel that I was like, okay, everybody share a photo and a memory of some place you've traveled because they're all couples. As a couple, your favorite photo and memory, and then one before you were a couple. And like, thankfully, everybody's gotten back to me this morning. And I'm learning things about my friends that I didn't even know. A friend lived in London, had no idea. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a great exercise being able to satisfy your wanderlust vicariously through your friend's memories is very therapeutic right now. You know, you mentioned the flower flashes from Lewis Miller. I actually had that under that freedom made me think of that. So again, talking about like things are fluid and kind of fall under multiple categories, because I was also thinking this whole Instagram thing of plant ladies and plant moms and whatever, I feel like we're trying to bring a little bit of that nature inside, especially us condo and apartment dwellers that don't have a garden or a yard necessarily to tend to. We keep our little plant babies alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, I feel like energy was almost the like the given. It could almost be the overview of all of this because I feel like all these other things is just different types of energy that it gives. Although I will say one thing I respond to, I think most when I travel is the colors in a city give me a certain energy. And I say that with when I was in Argentina, there was this port city and this is in, in Buenos Aires. There's a little section that's all these really bright colors and you get like a ton of energy and it's where it's all these restaurants and people dance in the streets. But at least what I learned on our tour was the buildings are a bunch of bright colors because they would have leftover paint from the ships and the ships were painted bright colors. So you could see them and identify them. So then people just used it to paint their houses anyway that lived right there. And then they've just kind of kept that spirit going. And it is so lively. And then in the contrast, I found Iceland so grounding and so calming, but they have a couple different little bright houses, but you're so, everything is so harmonious and the energy of all this natural rock, natural green. The sky is even a little bit gray. There's not a whole lot of contrast when it comes to things there that it has a super calming energy. Yeah. Speaking of colors of cities, I'm going to pick on Minneapolis a little bit. I'm sorry, Charlene. That's something that when I'm there... I feel like is really missing, especially in the winter when it's so gray and brown and so many of the houses are just gray and brown. They just kind of yeah. blend, but it's not a harmonious feeling. It's more just kind of dreary, 
But then again, I don't know what kind of color would make sense that would just sprout naturally from something culturally going on. I don't know. Well, I mean, we like you mentioned Askaf and Lisa, and there definitely is that Norwegian, Scandinavian in general, that you'd think there'd at least be some pops of red and blue and something like that around here. Literally, our downtown, everything is brown with uh, blue-tinted glass. Like, when you look at the downtown skyline, except for at night, they get a little bit more eventful with their, their lights. Yeah, and that ties into... Uh, the book and also in the TED talk she shows some great visuals of some urban landscapes and buildings for example hospitals that just look so sad and unconsidered and dreary her visuals really made it hit home how pervasive the dreariness is everywhere and it's wild to think that we chose that like we built it that way And that's not, I'm picking on Minneapolis. A lot of cities uh, fall into that too. My own is not much better. That's Phoenix for me. You know, my family lives down there, but everything is so brown. Like the landscape is brown, but then where we would have gray concrete, I guess there's this all brown. Mm -mm, It's too much, too much for me. That's one thing, all the things going on right now with sidewalk chalk, like people doing these really beautiful sidewalk chalk murals. Now during quarantine, especially in those spaces that are kind of brown and dreary, I hope that's something that we carry through in the aftertimes too, adding an element of really bright, beautiful surprise in our neighborhoods like that, even if it's just temporary. That touches on the last one that we haven't talked about a lot is renewal. And I am so thankful that it is spring right now because we are finally getting blossoms on our trees. And oh, that is such a welcome burst of color after a long gray winter the grasses are turning green that like that's all I think of when I think of renewal is spring for sure so we've kind of touched on all the different categories we talked about capturing a few images of joy how is that going for you I am struggling a little bit just it's been a really busy week and we're quarantined we're stuck in our houses but I did a couple of the worksheets that she has on her website which we will link to in the notes, but it's not so much aesthetic, but something that really brought me joy this week was just really appreciating the children in my life, seeing the things that kids get so amused by and the surprise of what makes them happy, I feel like is something really joyful. And that's not an aesthetic thing, but also kids with aesthetics. I love how random they are and the things that they're drawn to and that gets into again resetting so bittersweet because i can't, can't actually see children right now you're making me think of my friend's daughter one of my favorite mental images of her was when she was a bit younger she couldn't decide whether she wanted to be a princess or iron man for halloween so she literally had a princess outfit on with the iron man costume on top so there's like bits and pieces of tutu sticking out of the Iron Man costume. And I was like, yeah, girl, follow your joy. You don't have to pick. We're both. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm struggling a little bit because there's not a whole lot of newness in my life, but I have found some things of nature, some Instagram accounts that I follow that always bring me joy. So, yeah. One aesthetic example that came to me after I was struggling trying to think of something that was bringing me joy in my house, and then I remembered... 
oh, of course, I have a box of props for my product line. I have a box full of confetti and vintage stamps and fine envelopes and really fun pens. And I just have to open up this box of props to get a little joy. (laughs) I was packing up my office a bit, getting rid of some bookshelves, getting ready to move. And I got intense joy when everything feels like you're slugging along and it's a lot of work. And then I was like, all right, I got to downsize my markers and my pens. And I got to tuck some of them away. And the the act of sorting and prioritizing my writing utensils brought me a lot of joy and I felt like everything was going to be okay. <laughs> it's the overlap of Marie Kondo and Ingrid Fedeli. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the Venn diagram we need to live in. <laughs> yes, that's what I need. Okay. Well, well, listeners, we hope that this conversation has given you a little further idea about what to expect from the book, maybe a little inspiration to find some more joy in your own life. Uh, We've really only just skimmed the surface here, though, so if you were intrigued or if you want to dive deeper into any of the 10 categories, then we recommend reading this book yourself. It's great. All right. So do we want to talk about what we're going to do a little bit shorter form and talk articles next time? Yeah. So the concept, I have to give credit to one of our friends who I've mentioned before. She's another former coworker from our ex. She has participated in this concept before called Article Club. So it's like book club, but a little bit lower stakes. You just read an article instead of a whole book. And that seemed like kind of a fun thing to try for our podcast. So I'm going to go refill my coffee and put my feet up and read some articles for next week. It's about to rain here, so I'm going to enjoy wearing my turquoise rain boots later to bring a little moment of joy to my rainy day. I already kicked off my glitter heels, but maybe I'll wear them down the stairs one more time (laughs) before they go back in the closet. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Charlene. Bye. All right, listeners. The gossip doesn't have to stop here. Spread the love, share this episode with your bestie, leave us a review on iTunes, and come mingle with us and other creatives by joining our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram at Design Gossip, all one word. And while you're there, show us what you've been working on with hashtag Design Gossip. Check us out on Pinterest to see all the inspiration we've been gathering. And finally, you can get show notes as well as a ton of amazing resources just for you at our website, www.designgossip.club. That's designgossip.club. Thanks, listeners. I'm Maeve Parker. And I'm Charlene Williams. Okay, bye. Later, babes. Did you hang up? You hang up. No, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, really. No, really.